Remain standing, if you would, please, as you take your Bibles and open them to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number 4, and we've been making our way through the book of Philippians, and uh, as I've told you before, just, uh, just as a reminder, I was speaking with someone just a couple days ago, and and it, it just does not cease to amaze me, the providence of God, the hand of God upon every aspect of our lives. And as we were coming to the end of Nehemiah, my mind was geared toward the book of Ephesians, and God changed my direction within just a couple weeks before. And it's amazing to me that it just seems the book of, of Philippians is exactly what we needed for such a time as this. And I, I wasn't really thinking about preaching Philippians, but God was, and I'm thankful for that. But we've made our way through the book, and we're here in verse number, or chapter number 4, and we come to verses 6 and 7, which is a well-known verse, but oftentimes misunderstood verse. And uh, we want to take just a moment today to dig into this and see what in the world the Apostle is talking about with nothing and everything. Let me start it off this way by asking, how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Let's read these two verses and let's get into the message this morning. Philippians chapter number 4 verses 6 and 7, would you read along with me? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, bless now the reading of your word, and Father, our hearts to its application. Remove anything of me, Father, that might be in the way, that might keep me from presenting your truth accurately. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As we come to this uh, passage, we see in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, something that is reminiscent of what Peter said. If you wanted to keep your hand here in Philippians chapter number 4, and go over with me to 1 Peter chapter number 5, and let's take a look at something that is a little uh, on the familiar side as far as what we're being instructed here. 1 Peter chapter number 5. And if you'd look down, drop down just a few verses to verse number 7, another well-worn verse, another well-read and widely known verse. Verse number 7 simply says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now this is where we want to try to bring an idea to, uh, uh, to the surface here. We need to understand what is being said before we start to misappropriate uh, scripture. Because oftentimes you get things like, well, the Bible says not supposed to worry, and the next thing you know, don't worry, be happy, is what everybody's humming and singing. And, and uh, that's not what it's talking about specifically. We want to understand what it is, and we, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, Word of God lets us know here in First Peter 
that there is an assumed that you're going to have cares and concerns. However, when you have those cares, those cares and concerns that you do have, we need to take them Place them on the shoulders of Jesus because he is much stronger than you and I. He is much more able than you and I. And so when we come to this, we need to let Scripture identify and, and, and interpret Scripture. It is not to be said that when, when we read in Philippians chapter 4, he is not saying don't worry and do nothing and just uh, go through the rest of your life since you're a Christian carefree. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is to be overly anxious, to be so concerned with things that you fret and you worry and you concern yourself when you do have a God that you can turn to and give him the concerns. I, I, I can remember and I, I love when I'm with my kids and, and uh, sometimes, uh, especially my littlest one, Abby, she'll, she'll come down morning after morning and I'm sitting there and sometimes I'm reading, sometimes I'm doing work on the computer. I don't know. It, it, there's always something going on and she comes in she's, and, and I'm teaching her the difference between can and may. You know, it's like, can I? Yes, I can. Daddy, can you get me a cup? Yep, I can do that. <sighs> so now everything is May. You know, Daddy, may you get me, uh, uh, well, that's not exactly right, but I know what you're saying. And so every morning, it's, will you get me a bowl? Because she can't reach the bowl. Will you get me a cup? Because she can't reach the cup. And you see, this is the idea that we find when we're reading here in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication uh, let, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Many times, we completely miss the point of prayer. Now, I want you to think about that for just a minute. In your mind, go back to why you pray. And think about it for just a moment. You know, when we ask things like, well, what's your prayer life like? And we go, well, I pray all the time. You know, I, I, I eat three meals at least a day, and I pray in the, at the, before, before breakfast. I pray before lunch, and I pray before dinner. Even when I'm in public, I make sure to pray. And every time I'm at the grocery store and the parking lot's pretty full, I'm praying, dear Lord, help me get a front row spot. I pray all the time. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> We need to understand what prayer is all about because many times we completely miss the point of prayer. I do not pray to inform God. Catch this. I do not pray to inform an all-knowing, all-wise, omniscient, always-present God. He knows. I pray as an act of faith in God. I, I don't bring my petitions to him because he is unaware. The psalmist says to air your complaint before the Lord. As if he didn't know what the problem was prior to my airing the complaint. The Bible lets us know that we are to cast our cares. Not inform him of our cares. But to take our cares and concerns and give them to him. We need to understand prayer is not about being, bringing information that God does not already know. This, this term that is used here in verse number 6 is be careful for nothing. Some translate this to be anxious or, or uh, do not be anxious. <clears throat> be anxious for nothing. But it simply means overly cautious. Overly cautious. 
to say that we are to be careless people is an affront to God and his word. Because the Bible does teach, and as we get into this, uh, uh, into the next verse, uh, verse number 8, when we get into that here in a little bit, you're going to see that the Word of God does expect us to be cautious about certain things. But when it says in verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing but in everything, it says, don't be overly worrisome, overly cautious about everything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your re- with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. This does not mean that we are careless, but that we do not stress about it all. Now, I want you to think for just a minute. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you realize today that the God that you're praying to is the creator of the universe? Now, maybe, uh, maybe I didn't say that correctly. Let's, let me try it again. Do you realize that the God that you're praying to is the creator of the universe? Okay, one person heard me. Let's think, think about this for just a second. Um, when I bow my knees and I bring myself down, and sometimes even all the way prostrate, I am taking my cares, my concerns, my fears, my worries to the creator of the universe. Don't let that skip past you. The very aspect that the one who made it all, who holds it all in the palm of his hand, I have access to. Ought to be something that, there ought to be somebody waving a hanky somewhere. Saying praise the Lord for some reason, because I I don't know about you, but my life is not perfect. And I'm so grateful that I can go to the God who created it all and say, Daddy, can you hand me a cup because I can't reach this one. Maybe you can reach it all. Or maybe in your mind's eye you think you can. And maybe that's why we don't pray. We need to understand what it is to not take our concerns to him. To be overly anxious, catch this, is sinful. To be overly anxious about things is sinful because it is a, it is a denial. It is a, uh, uh, it is a complete disregard of God's power. Number one, it disregards God's commands, which makes it a sin because the Bible lets us know not to do this. And so for me to be overly anxious is a disregard of the command of God. It denies his power because I must be fretting and worrying, thinking I need to do something because he can't. It it spoils our joy. And if you were to look back, look back into verse 4 of chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How can I rejoice if I'm stressed out and worrying about everything? So I'm violating a second command as well, and it's spoiling my joy. And then look at the other, another aspect of it. It doubts God's promises. Did you, do, do you remember that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Do you hear the first part of that verse? Call unto me, and I will answer thee. 
You know, there's times where I, I need to get in touch with my wife and I, I pick up the phone and, and, I, and it rings and it rings and it rings. There's times she needs to get in touch with me and she picks up the phone and it rings and it rings and it rings and it rings. She'll send me four or five text messages. Are you in a ditch somewhere? Did you die? You have not answered your phone? Where are you? Why are you not answering me your phone? Are you dead? And then after 15 of those, I'll call her back and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, honey. I just left my phone sitting in the car. Well, I was about ready to come out and send a search party. There are times that we need to get in touch with somebody and we can't. But God promises, call unto me and I will answer. Do you believe it? If you believe it, why don't we do it? Why do we worry? Why do we stress? Why do we fret over things that we can't control? But I want you to notice something else in this passage. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Notice these next two words, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. One uh, says it this way. It says, be anxious for nothing, prayerful about everything, and thankful for anything. We need to learn to be thankful no matter the answer God provides. This is an assumed that the the Apostle Paul is bringing to us. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Well, so what am I supposed to be thankful for, Pastor? Am I, well, first off, just be thankful that you can call unto him and he will answer you. That's enough to be thankful for. Uh, do, do, am I only to be thankful when he says yes? That, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'd like one of those new rangers. They're pretty cool looking. <laughs> no? Well, forget you. No, come on. Well, I I am thankful, Pastor. Every time God answers my prayer and every time He responds to me, I'm thankful. Hang on. Trust brings thankfulness. And when He says no, can I still be thankful? Because I trust Him. I trust that he knows best. The, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it is, but when I, we'll go to the Dollar Tree and we'll walk through and the kids get their dollar toy that breaks on the way home. And we'll be walking through. And I don't, maybe I'm the only one, but you go down the cleaning aisle and there's just something about those bright colors of the cleaning supplies that make me think of Kool-Aid. And I get thirsty for some Kool-Aid, man. Man, that green one, kind of like that kiwi, you know, the tropical flavors and the blue. That that blue cleaner looks like blue raspberry Kool-Aid. Man, that'd probably be pretty good. And so maybe you have a bottle of that whatever, fabuloso or whatever it's called. I don't know. You got a bottle of that sitting on the counter and your little one comes up and says, Juice. No. Juice. No. Juice. You know. 
If you've never been there, you've not raised any kids yet. <laughs> I want the juice! <laughs> but we have, that's what they, they're, if that child, if that child had the strength of an adult, it would kill you where you stand to get that juice. But we're saying no. Because we know what's best. How many times do we get angry with God because we want something? He's saying no. And if we could be God, we'd wipe him off the face of the existence. You see, God knows best and I can trust that. This is why when I go to Him, I can be thankful before I even bring the request to Him. Because I know and I trust that He knows best. I can trust that He will do right. I can trust that. No concerns. No questions asked. I trust that my God, the one who creates it all, the one who sustains it all, the one who provides it all, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that He's able, He's willing, and He's ready to do the best for me. He sent His Son to die for me. I think He can answer a couple questions. I can trust Him. Thankful in advance that he hears. If you were to look in Psalm chapter 3, one of my favorite psalms, just flip over there with me if you would. Psalm chapter number 3. King David is running from Absalom, his son, running for his life. Absalom has an army together. They are pursuing David. They are trying to get to him. They can't wait to catch up to him because they are going to kill him. David knows this. He's trying to flee. He's trying to get away. He's trying to make sure that, uh, that he does not get killed. And I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I've never had my child trying to kill me, literally. I mean, chasing me with an army. I've never had that. I don't know if you've been there. I know there's times where, when I was growing up, there were times where my dad and I were at each other like that. But I never amassed an entire militia to go kill my father. I don't know about you, but I'd probably be having a difficult time resting. I'd probably be suffering from a lot of sleepless nights. As I'm on the run and my child is trying to kill me. Once me dead. Look at what he says in Psalm chapter 3. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. And that word selah just simply means pause and think about that. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. You see the psalmist there? David running for his life, and then he writes, he says, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. I know he did. Not only 
are we thankful for receiving what we want, but we're thankful that he knows best. Look what he says in verse number 5, after crying to the Lord. He says, I laid me down and slept. Would you sleep very easy if your child had an army chasing you, trying to kill you on your heels, can show up at any moment's notice, cut your throat? He said, I cried unto the Lord. And he heard me. So I laid down and slept. You see the connection between that and now look again in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are you at peace today? Or are you just struggling to get through to tomorrow? It's telling. Sometimes you ask somebody, well, how you doing? Just trying to make it to tomorrow, preacher. Just trying to get through. The peace of God is there for you. If we would but cast our cares upon Him. Preacher, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't think you and I understand what David was going through. Well, preacher, you don't understand what I'm going through here. You know, I'm really struggling at the workplace. Paul's in prison. And not the comfy, cozy prison like we have today where they all have got cable. Meals galore. I mean, for crying out loud. That's not prison. That's the Hilton compared to where Paul was. Paul was pretty much buried in a cave underground. Cold, little light, if any. Just trying to survive. And he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding. This brings the peaceful condition. See, thankfulness should always accompany the prayer of a believer. believer. It should always accompany us. But faithful prayer may not change the situation, but realize this. It should change you. How many times have you heard this statement? Maybe you've even used this statement. Prayer changes things. Wrong. Paul prayed several times for his thorn in the flesh to be removed, and God said, no. And so prayer did not change that situation, did it? So when I go through my life and I tell everybody, well, prayer changes things, prayer changes things, they say, well, I've been praying for this instance. I remember a young man that 
that I taught years ago, his mother was struggling. She was dying of cancer. And this young man and his family, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. We bathed his family in prayer. We bathed his mother in prayer. And there was a day when a charlatan came to town. And yeah, I'll call him what he is. Labeling himself as a faith healer. Comes to town and tells her, Woman, you just need to have faith and pray, and God will change the situation for you. You don't need to be on all that medication. And so that's exactly what she did. Within three months, she was gone. It wasn't too long after that, I was walking through the hallways, and I come across the room with a young man sitting in there with his head just hanging down. And I stepped in and I called him by name and I said, Son, what's, what can I do for you? At his mother's funeral, the statement was made, if she only had faith. And he looked at me with tears flowing said, I watched my mom beg God every day. How can anyone say she didn't have faith? I've been lied to. And I'm done with it. To this day, I don't know if that young man has ever stepped foot in another church again. Because he was told something that wasn't accurate. And because people misappropriated Scripture. This is why it is so important for us to understand what we're saying before we say it. I tried the best I could to walk him through and explain, look, the promise is not that prayer is going to change things, but prayer will change you. You see, prayer is not about getting out of the situation. Uh, Jump over, if you would, to the book of James with me. Look at James. James chapter number 1. James starts off right out of the chute talking about trials and temptations. Verse number 2, he says, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, I want you to see this because it's, it's important for us to understand something. James is telling us, <clears throat> look, You're going to run into difficult situations. But understand that those difficult situations are going to bring you more maturity in Christ, is basically what he's trying to say. Now think about the last time you were struggling, going through a dark time in your life. And what do we pray at those times? Lord, would you get me out of this situation? Lord, can you fix this problem? Lord, I, I, I would really like you to deliver me from this. 
But I want you to notice what James says to pray for. Look at the very next verse, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. What's, what are we supposed to pray for when we're going through difficult times? Wisdom. Wisdom. I need to learn to pray for God to give me wisdom in my trials, my temptations, my difficult struggles, all all these different times. I need to stop and just ask God, look, I don't have the wisdom to see how you're going to use this. Please grant me wisdom. Help me to see the way you're going to make this work out for my benefit. You see, prayer changes our perspectives. It reminds us of who God is. If you were to look back into Mark chapter uh, 6, you, you'd find uh, uh, where the, uh, the, the disciples, they're, they're rowing, they're trying to get across the, uh, the sea, and they're rowing for all they're worth, and the great storm had come along, and it was blowing them, and it was fighting them. They'd be rowing this way, the wind was blowing them that way. They'd row this way, the wind was blowing them that way. And God, had, Jesus, had told them, he says, hey, I want you to go to the other side. They were doing what they were told to do. They were in the will of God. They were at that moment trying to make it to the destination of Jesus. Jesus had told them to go, and they were struggling. And Jesus comes walking on the water, comes out, gets in the boat, everything was okay, right? You know the story. But don't overlook that just before that, he had fed the 5,000. Just before that, they were in the boat. In chapter number 4, they were in the boat with the storm going up. They wake him up. And he rebukes the wind and calms the seas. You see, prayer is about being reminded of who he is. Prayer is about being reminded about who's in control. Why were they so worried? Where's their faith? You see, they had already forgotten who they were with. Can you say this with me? God is the creator. God is the creator. Do you believe that? Say it one more time like you believe it. God is the creator. Now say this one with me. God is the sustainer. Ready? God is the sustainer. That means that he keeps everything that he created. Do you believe that? Can I ask you again? How's your prayer life? Are you talking to the one that created? Are you talking to the one that sustains? Do you have faith in Him? Do you trust Him enough? When I have faith in the one to whom I am turning in prayer, There's peace. And so I I would ask you with your prayer life, are, are you praying a life, and is your prayer life one of thankful faith? Thankful faith. Are you thankful that you can turn to Him? Most of us turn to Him only in times that we need something. 
Yes, He is the provider. But He's so much more than that. Do you enjoy peace today? You. Or are you struggling right now just to make it through to tomorrow? Are you having a difficult time getting through life? Well, pastor, I'd be a whole lot more thankful and I'd have a whole lot more joy if... Stop right there. The peace that passes all understanding will flood your heart and your mind if you would but give it over to Him. There's times I lay in bed at night and my mind will not shut down. I just simply have to say, Lord, I can't handle this. But you can. Will you take it? I can't. I can't do anything. And what is needed is divine, and I am not divine. So I need you to handle this situation. Maybe today you need to just turn to Christ in faith. Perhaps you're going through a struggle and you've forgotten the provider. You've forgotten the one who can calm the storms. And today, you want to renew that. If that's you today, don't let another day go by. Living in caution. But start today living in faith. Father, Your grace is sufficient. And Father, we want, no matter our circumstances, to live lives completely given to You. We want to enjoy that peace, the peace that passes all understanding. So Father, remind us today of who You are and help us, Father, to draw closer to You, to trust You, to believe You, We pray these things in your Son's name.